Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hi, I'm Randy. And today we're going to start with, uh, well, you know, we've all talked about um, the defunding of Planned Parenthood several times here. And actually this week they actually fought back by suing the state. um, Nice. Yes, over this defunding. And so basically they're saying that um, they're not being allowed to apply for the funds that other organizations are being allowed to apply for. They're saying the only reason they can't get this is because they provide abortion, which is legal. It is. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've already seen, like, my high school interns already told me that, you know, people from Planned Parenthood used to come to her school and talk about sex education, and now, you know, they can't come to the school because the school would be at risk for losing funding if they're contracting. Right. According to the law, you can't contract, you know, now with organizations that promotes or whatever the words they're using, very vague um, abortion, non-therapeutic abortion. So I'm really happy that they're doing this. We'll see what happens during new. It just happened this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's absolutely uh, necessary and appropriate. Um, like you said, they're, they're providing a legal service. Uh, you know, they do have clinics that are abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. Um, when you block one group of legal organizations or legal people, uh, you know, people performing a legal action from some government services, that's yeah. a violation of their due process. Uh, and so that is, you know, sort of the big grounds, mm-hmm. uh, on which they're bringing this lawsuit. Um, and that was a discussion that we had when the bill was being heard. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, behind the scenes, everyone was saying, Hey, this is a violation of their due process. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, and I think that was brought up. I, I think, uh, the ACLU testified to that, Mm -hmm. uh, in the hearings, you know, on this bill. Exactly. And legislators just ignored it. Yeah. And they actually, because other states have done this as well, namely I'm thinking of Louisiana and they got sued and the, and, um, they lost and the government told them that, you know, they can't, um, keep, I think in their case, they were trying to keep from giving like Medicare reimbursements to them or block them from that. And they're like saying, they know you can't do that. Right. Yeah. These are government funds. They're available to the people. It's a competitive bidding process. Mm-hmm. You know, Planned Parenthood has demonstrated that they have the capabilities of uh, running the programs that these funds yes. pay for uh, to just outright block them because of some other irrelevant but also legal action. Yes, that they don't agree with. Like... It's, it's totally a violation of due yeah. process. And the part about the bill... Uh, that puts a restriction on people who promote abortion mm-hmm. because that's so loosely worded. You know, if you if you went to a county health clinic and the doctor said, oh, you know, you're pregnant, you know, and if you're suffering from some sort of uh, pregnancy complication uh, that's putting your health, health at risk mm-hmm. or the pregnancy is just doomed, if that doctor says, well, you know, you could get an abortion, his entire county then becomes... And or you know an entity promoting abortion, yeah, and they get blocked for HIV tests, yeah, which has nothing to do with what the doctor said. So that's exactly. a First Amendment violation. So you know due process and 
free speech are both, um, you know, just completely trampled on mm-hmm. by the defunding legislation. Exactly. And so now they're going to lose out on a lot of, like you said, good services that they're providing that have nothing to do with abortion because we're already not paying for it. Stop. Sorry, beating a dead horse, but this is true. But it doesn't seem to matter. Like, they're just going to do it anyway. But I'm glad that Planned Parenthood is suing them. Yes. And I hope they win. <laughs> Uh, Cecile Richards, the president of Planned Parenthood Federation of America, um, she put out a uh, a statement um, saying, since July, politicians in 24 states have tried to strip women of basic health care, and several, like Ohio, have done just that. Mm -hmm. If this isn't cause for alarm, I don't know what is. State lawmakers have been waging a political war on care at Planned Parenthood putting the health and lives of women at risk in the process. We'll continue to fight in court for our patients in Ohio across the country. The sad fact is, in 2016, it shouldn't take a lawsuit to protect every person's fundamental right to quality health care. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we agree with Cecile. Um, We stand behind uh, Planned Parenthood um, of Greater Ohio, Planned Mm -hmm. Parenthood of Southwest Ohio, Um, because you know their their care that they're providing is absolutely critical for the women and families all across the state. Yes. So, um, so that is the lawsuit against legislation that's already been passed. Mm-hmm. There's of course still pending in the state um, various different ways that legislators are still trying to attack abortion providers, put up new restrictions. Um, the one that we saw this week was a proponent testimony, uh, for one of the three bills, Mm -hmm. uh, that attempts to regulate how abortion providers work with medical waste vendors, the same medical waste vendors that every hospital works with, you know, every doctor's office works with the state of Ohio works with, Mm -hmm. um, as part of the medical industry. It's, yeah. You know, this is responsible uh, industry standards for providing health care, disposal of medical waste, um, and they're trying to regulate it just for the abortion providers. Yeah, I'm curious to, like, hear, because I heard, like, the sponsor testimony, which I thought was very funny when he was like, don't ask me any, you know, technical or medical questions, because <laughs> other people are going to come and testify on that. Right. And basically he was just like, we need to protect unborn life like he has no idea yeah what what he's doing so i'm curious like what you went heard the testimony the other day and what was what were they saying it it wasn't much better it Uh it wasn't it wasn't any better yeah um so okay you'd think there's a regulations on medical waste providers Mm -hmm. you know hospitals use them you'd think that we would hear from you know the medical waste providers yeah, or that would you make know, more sense. people in some other industry related to healthcare that can talk about this on an expert level. The testimony that we got uh, this week was from Ohio right to life, uh, was from the uh, pregnancy decision health centers, which is a CPC uh, and right to life of Northeast Ohio. That's all the testimony. That was it. Oh yeah. That's it. That was it. 
And so they're coming there talking about how they oppose abortion and they think abortion is wrong and they think that women shouldn't have abortions. And it's like, well, well we're talking about something that's happening after the fact. Like, sorry. Right. At this point, it's already done. Right. Like, so your comments about what's happening after it's already done are irrelevant. Yes. They're so stupid. Why are you having a hearing about something that's happening and you have no medical ways people actually come and testify? That's ridiculous. Right. Now, this is, I mean, this is how it's always been. For, for all the years that I've been sitting through these hearings, somebody will bring up some topic on, you know, on, on defunding Planned Parenthood where mm-hmm. they're talking about blocking sex ed funds. They're talking about blocking HIV screenings. That's what yeah. the legislation says. Mm-hmm. And then you sit through hours and hours and hours of... You know, people who either represent, you know, some organization like Ohio Right to Life or just somebody who walked in off the street with an opinion on abortion. Yes. And they stand there and they talk about how we should overturn Roe versus Wade and how abortion is a sin and all of this. And it's like, you're in the wrong hearing. Right. That's not what's being put on the table. And it makes it so blatantly clear that the purpose of this legislation is not to try and, uh, you know, add appropriate regulation to a medical industry. Mm-hmm. It's just to try and attack abortion providers. That's the only reason this bill is there. And it's proof. Uh, the proof is that the only people who show up in support of it are anti-abortion groups. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was the big hearing this week. It was essentially the same hearing last week where the sponsor of the bill had no idea what the actual so, impact would be. He just was there because his yeah. constituents oppose abortion. Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be another hearing with proponents, or I shouldn't say proponents. People are against it. Uh, opponents. That's when we would testify. Um, that hasn't been scheduled yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. presumable that that will be coming up. Yeah. So. I don't know. There's three of these bills that all say the same thing. Why on earth do you yeah. need three bills to do one thing? I don't get it. Um, yeah. But and it's like, even, even in that sense, it's like, I'm glad that we are testifying. But even still, the reality is, is we're not medical waste providers. We're not the experts on it. Right. Like, they should be having people who actually do it. Right. Like, I mean. Well, when they were defunding Planned Parenthood, they should have called in hospitals and county health <laughs> county health geez. departments to well, talk well, about Well, we did. Some, some of them did. Kelly Arthur Hikes. Um, one, one, true. But even though it, she it was still the there every time, job. and she made it very clear how this, how the bill was going to affect them, she did. I mean, but the it city still of Columbus did matter. great. Yeah, but we got eighty-eight counties. True. You know, that's very true. And we saw somebody from one city. Mm-hmm. You know, why isn't the committee? calling in experts in the actual areas that they're trying to regulate. Yeah. You know, it, it should be the responsibility of the legislator to say, Hey, you know, get on the Mm -hmm. phone with, you know, somebody that actually deals with these procedures, deals Mm -hmm. with these patients, talk to them, bring them in to testify. There should be expert witnesses in front of the state legislature. Yeah. Instead of, you know, anti-abortion groups who want to overturn Mm -hmm. Roe Wade. Yeah even though that's not what the bill is about. What I really feel is that we, sh- we shouldn't even been having this discussion. We shouldn't have to pull people away from doing their job of providing health care right. to come and like testify on these idiotic bills. But if we're going to have these idiotic bills, I guess we have to pull them away to come and talk about it. But it's like we shouldn't be having these idiotic bills in the first place with a bunch of people who aren't even doctors. Like, yeah, it's just... Re- 
completely ridiculous. And they're the best people you have. Like, that's the people you have because y'all didn't go vote in midterm elections. I'll say that every time. It's the truth, though. Like, we all know that's the truth. I know. And then that's why you have these people here making these decisions. Like, I'm glad everyone's going to go vote for president. That's fun, exciting, and sexy. But they're not the reason we have all these restrictions that's being put into place right now. Those are other people that, you know, learn their names. You need to. Right. Yeah. I'll get off my soapbox now. (laughs) That's okay. But, I mean, again, it's the truth. And we don't go and vote for them and put the people in place we need to. And then we are like, why are they doing all this? And it's like, because you didn't go out. You only went out every four years. Right. I mean, the the sad part of that is that redistricting is... is That too. ...a chunk to blame. Yes, that is very true. But the redistricting, that got decided by people that were elected into office in a midterm election. Yes. And so it's, it's still... Up you to know, us. They were just talking on the news today, like not to go off, but any. I think this is important because people should know. Like they were just talking about, you know, some of the candidates were trying to put forth whether or not we should turn uh, voting into a holiday, or we should, you know, put it on. Hillary Clinton was like, and Bernie Sanders were both in agreement we should turn it into a national holiday, give people the day off to vote, or we should put it on the weekends to make it easier for people to vote. Um, I think the president was on board with that as well, and so. Right now, we have, like, one of the lowest voter turnouts of, you know, major industrialized countries in the world. Mm -hmm. We just don't go out and vote at all. Right. And so, again, that's why, and people say my vote doesn't count, but it's like, actually, it would if you went out and voted. Like, it would if more of us went out and voted because half the people are not. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That it wouldn't make a difference, but you don't go do it. So that's why you keep getting, it's like we get mad at them saying their status quo, you keep giving us the same old, same old, but you keep doing the same thing, expecting it to change by not getting out there and being involved. Like then the same thing's going to keep happening. Right. So again, I'll try to stop ranting about it, but okay, it's speaking important. Of, speaking <laughs> of voting uh, in presidential elections. Yes. Yeah, speaking the, of that. The circus rolls on. <laughs> Uh, Rob Portman uh, decided to endorse. Bless his heart. Yeah, bless his little heart. <laughs> oh, Portman has decided to endorse Donald Trump because he's the presumptive nominee. I'm like, he must think this is going to help him because right now he's very in a very close battle with Ted Strickland. I, I think he's in a rock and a hard place right now. He's in I, between like a rock and a hard A lot of Republicans. Place. Yeah, yeah, they they are. They are. They are. That's very true. Um he could keep with, well, I don't know. I was going to say he could keep with his principles, but then that would have to mean he had some. I don't know. Um, so he could have just been like he's not going to, you know, do anything, endorse him, whatever. But, of course, he's going out there endorsing him now. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to help you. Yeah. I mean, this was the most lackluster endorsement ever. He said, uh, this is Rob Portman's quote, I had hoped John Kasich would be the nominee, but I had said from the start for the last year, I intend to support the Republican nominee. That's Donald Trump now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that is Rob Portman's ringing endorsement exactly. of Donald Trump. Yeah. But I guess I should give him credit. I should, you know, 
say he's where he's not the only person Republican that's been like, okay, well, I guess we're going to endorse him now because he's the nominee. And again, like, again, my question is, what is it about him other than when he filled out the paperwork, he put an R beside his name that makes them now want to endorse him and for him to win? Absolutely nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. Like they, they have no, and they talk, and they, they want to talk about him. How Donald Trump? They don't know if he has any conservative principles or what his character is. Like, what is, what is y'all's character? Right. Like you talking about him? You need to look in the mirror because you're still saying you're going to endorse someone, stand beside someone who says all these terrible things simply because, again, he's got the R by his name and he got the most votes. Right. I mean, the thing that the thing that Donald Trump has been saying most lately. That's been scaring the bejesus out of people is he started talking, you know, so many politicians over the years have talked about how we need to run our government like a business. And, you know, they they always love to use this line when they talk about how um, the federal government has a deficit. My business wouldn't be allowed to have a deficit. Mm -hmm. You know, they love to, you know, sort of frame everything in, in this language. Yeah. So Trump took it a step farther and he starts talking about how, well, I, I love debt. And, you know, his quote that Hillary Clinton's campaign has been pushing is Donald Trump saying, I'm the king of debt. And, okay. <laughs> and so he's talking about how he would just take the nation's debt and renegotiate it, which literally is devaluing uh, our currency, taking the U.S. Treasury bond, which is sort of the building block of our entire economy, and just, you know, right now, these are, these are for financial tools, these are rock-solid bonds, and he mm-hmm. wants to turn them basically into silly putty and to see if he can squish the debt to try and move it around and solve the problem. And people are like, you're talking about taking the world's economy and just playing with it to see if you can come up with some solution somewhere. And so, you know, the things that Donald Trump have said that have been offensive have been bad, but then Mm -hmm. the things that they've said economically that have been so irresponsible, Mm -hmm. and for Rob Portman to say, well, I'm supporting this guy. Yes. It's like, no, you have to stand up. Yes. To this insanity. Complete um, insanity. They say his tax plan will add like uh, what two trillion to the deficit. Yeah, even I, if, even in putting in economic growth, and then his whole line about how um, now the tax breaks to the one percent. Um, he was like, they're going to be uh, less. I'm not going to give. He's like, I'm not going to give uh, more tax breaks to one percent. But really, what he was saying is that my initial plan of giving them this much I'll you know cut that down some and give them less of a tax break than I was going to give them initially but they're still going to get a tax break yeah so it's it's incredibly insane uh Portman did make one smart decision uh he was asked if he was interested in Donald Trump's uh vice presidential nomination his response to that to reporters was no I'm fine (laughs) exactly you know, he, he did have the good common sense to just say, no, no, <laughs> I'm not interested in that trap yeah. door. Yeah. But I agree with what Jamie was saying um, about this race, just that it's, you know, I believe Hillary's going to win, but I believe it's going to be, like, so nasty. It, it is. <laughs> um, it's going to be really bad. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's it's incredibly important for people who who 
you know, like you and I do think that Hillary, you know, has uh, the best chance of winning the presidency to, to really get behind her and just help her, you know, punch through as hard as she possibly yeah. can, because that's where we make sure that we win our U.S. Senate seat. Um, you know, that uh, the state legislature, uh, the, the pro-choice um, caucus within the state legislature gets as strong as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, that's incredibly important. Yeah. Um, so Jamie, um, obviously is not here. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Washington DC this week, uh, advocating for the act for women, which is federal legislation, uh, that mm-hmm. we absolutely endorse. Yes. Um, this is legislation that was put out, uh, by members of Congress who saw all the different abortion restrictions, not only the people were thinking about at the national level in Congress, mm-hmm. but also, um, they've been enacting in states, including Ohio. Um, and so this would do several things. Um, the Act for Women um, tackles uh, laws that uh, have been shutting down abortion clinics across the state by imposing uh, regulations that grossly exceed what's necessary to ensure high standards of patient safety and quality of care. Um, so the bill, uh, the bill blocks those laws. Mm-hmm. Um, it blocks restrictions on women's ability to safely access medication abortion in the earliest weeks of pregnant pregnancy. Uh, and we've already seen the FDA take yeah. on some of this by um, uh, loosening uh, the restrictions uh, on the use of mifepristone, which is the abortion pill. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, looks at state-mandated uh, state mandated medical procedures and protocols, such as forcing women to undergo ultrasounds and endure waiting periods for no medical reason as a way to shame them for their personal decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, it uh, blocks bans on abortion prior to viability that violate the constitutional rights confirmed by Roe v. Wade. So here in Ohio, um, we've got mandatory ultrasounds. Yeah. Uh, and we've got mandatory waiting periods. Mm-hmm. And both of them are terrible for women. And so this uh, tackles that entire um, uh, set of restrictions at a federal level. Exactly. I'm very happy they're doing this. Um, although it looks like this is the second time it's been introduced, so it hasn't really gone anywhere, which is, again, why we have to vote right. to get those people out of office yeah, who so we don't have want to, it to go anywhere. Yeah, we have to, we have to win um, really the U.S. Senate to get mm-hmm. this bill moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there has been and will continue to be uh, political opposition to these ideas in Congress. Um, but, you know, we need to keep talking about this at the national level yeah. to make sure the value of this is thoroughly understood. Um, we have support here in the state of Ohio. Representative Marsha Fudge gets our first shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, is one of the uh, lead co-sponsors um, for this legislation uh, in the House. Um, Joyce Beatty, Congresswoman Joyce Beatty, um, uh, Congressman Tim Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are both sponsors of the legislation. Uh, I didn't look. I think I, I'm almost positive. Sherrod Brown um, is a sponsor in the Senate. He's absolutely our best advocate that we've yeah. got uh, in the U.S. Senate for, for everybody in the country. He's We're biased, but Sherrod Brown's better than <laughs> everybody else. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, one of the offices that Jamie went to, uh, with some of her other colleagues from Ohio was to go talk to Marcy Kaptur, 
Uh, Congresswoman Kaptur, uh, her district is between Toledo and Cleveland. She has not yet signed on as a co-sponsor of the legislation. Mm -hmm. um, we'd love to have her on board to uh, continue building towards this goal um, of knocking down um, the, you know, the, the different restrictions that are, are facing various states. Yeah. So, you know, the, the waiting period specifically is really detrimental for women trying to access abortion here in Ohio. Some places have three-day waiting periods. Ours right. is only 24 hours, but still. But that means you need two days yeah. off mm -hmm. of work to go get, and you know, a, what should be a one-day procedure. Exactly. Exactly. You know, getting an abortion shouldn't take more than an afternoon, but in the state of Ohio, it takes two full days. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason Because apparently you didn't medically. think about it before you went there to get one. You were oh. just like, ah, I think I'll get an abortion today. Like, said no one ever. Right. That, <laughs> that drives me nuts. Because, yeah. you know, by the time a woman walks into an abortion clinic, she's already found out that she's pregnant. She's thought yes. about it. She's called the facility, set up an appointment, done a pre-screening over the phone. Yes. She's figured out exactly what it's going to cost. She's come up with the money. She's taken time off from work. By the time she walks in the door, she's made up her mind. Yes, exactly. And at any time, if she changes her mind, mm -hmm. she is always free to walk out the door. Yeah. It's not like once you get in the parking lot, all of a sudden they strap you in. That's not how it is in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Women understand what they're doing. They are capable of making the des this decision on their own. They don't need an extra day to think about it. Yeah. So the waiting period in Ohio is horribly detrimental. It adds up the cost, not only uh, in terms of the woman's uh, need to travel twice, to take an extra day off of work, mm -hmm. uh, to come up with an extra day of childcare, because yeah. many of the women who have already abortions have already kids. have kids. Yes. Um, it also increased the cost for the abortion facility. You know, they need to basically have extra waiting rooms so that when people come for their first day, they sit in this waiting room and they come for the second day, they sit in this waiting room. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's extra paperwork involved. You have to have extra staff to file all the paperwork. None of this is necessary. Yeah. They're all just restrictions that, you know, state legislators have put in place to try and make it harder for women to access abortions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's like, and especially if you're like a, a victim of sexual assault or incest, like, I don't think you need multiple days to figure out whether or not you want to be pregnant. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's a pretty split second decision. Right. Um, so since this is federal legislation, it would also tackle other states. Um, you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, some crap they've been pulling in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, I think it's either North Carolina or South Carolina. One of those that enacted the three-day waiting period, which is one of the longest. I think they might have the same in Tennessee, either a two- or three-day one there. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, this would block 20-week bans uh, and heartbeat bans. So the heartbeat bill that was passed by North Dakota, the Supreme Court mm -hmm. already kind of kicked that one down. But many states already have 20-week bans. That's a pre-viability ban. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if this would do anything for the <clears throat> bans, like specifically the Down syndrome ban. And also the sex and race ban that was signed in Indiana because for, for some reason they think that women are choosing to get abortions because they don't like the sex of the baby or race right. of the baby. Like, okay. They yeah. would because those are bans that are pre-viability. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you, you cannot uh, restrict the access to abortion before 
uh, a point of you know viability and and that was a point determined uh, in the Supreme Court case Planned Parenthood versus Casey, mm-hmm. um, which you know we're we're opposed to that limitation yeah. um, because we do think that it should be between a woman and her doctor, um, but you know that's that's where the existing law stands and so those um, twenty week bans that are existing in in states. You know, we feel that they are unconstitutional bans as they stand. They just haven't been challenged to the point of being overruled. Mm-hmm. This would uh, block 20-week bans. It would prevent uh, the state of Ohio from being to enact one. And we do have um, two separate bills pending in the state legislature um, that would put those in place. And and the Down syndrome ban is a pre-viability ban. Mm-hmm. So none of these are based um, in... Uh, you know, medical evidence uh, showing that they're somehow necessary. Yeah. Um, they're just things that polled well. You know, they did a focus group and they said, hey, this sounds good, so let's throw this up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this bill would block them. So the Act for Women, uh, you can find out more information on this, actforwomen.org. Uh, we'll put more information on this in the show notes, uh, including some pictures of the trip to D.C. that our uh, colleagues took. Um, mm-hmm. So that should be cool. Um. So many of the things that we've been talking about, we want to try and get more um, attention for these in the media to get people to write letters to the editor, write op-eds. Um, but we're not asking people to just write things out of the blue. We're going to be providing training to select individuals mm-hmm. um, who uh, are able to speak uh, with a more authoritative voice on these topics. We're doing that training through a program called the Microphone Program. Uh, we're going to be training amplifiers. Uh, you can go to bit.ly, uh, B-I-T dot L-Y slash microphone 2016 and sign up for that. Uh, we're going to have a training on May 21st. Um, that training is almost full. Um, but do go ahead and register because even after that initial training, the program will be then going on and we want to add people to that. So um, B-I-T dot L-Y slash microphone 2016. Again, information's in the show notes. You can sign up for that program. Cool. Yes. Um, also going on, uh, Pride and Comfest. So our first Pride coming up is going to be Dayton Pride on June 4th. So if you're in the Dayton area and you want to come out, it's always Dayton Pride. It was really, really fun. I was my first time going, well, first time going to all of them last year. But the Dayton was, uh, it's small, but it's a lot of fun. And they have really good shows and food and music. So if you're there and you want to come and help us run the booth, um, that would be awesome. And then, of course, the third weekend, that is Columbus Pride, and that'll be Friday and Saturday. Third weekend of June. Yes, third weekend of June. And the fourth weekend of June is going to be Comfest happening here in Columbus, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that Saturday, uh, Cincinnati Pride, and I'll be down there. But, of course, um, you can sign up, volunteer at ProChoiceOhio.org, and we'll be sending out um, blast emails for people to sign up as well. Okay. Uh, Look for more information of all that in the show notes, uh, and we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.